Alright. Is it when that thing stops fucking ticking? That's when I'm no, ready to go. No, I have to turn that thing off. Okay, so am I ready to go now? Yes. Okay, so. Can you not be so loud this time? Everybody, welcome to the season finale of season two of the Sound and Logic podcast with your host, Ryan Schofield. And with me, as always, is... James Clark Lane. James Clark Lane. Um, I appreciate James having me over here today because let's just say that the plans for this uh, whole little uh, project kind of uh, went by the wayside because... But it is fitting as this comes out is that this originally started as a mental health podcast or whatever... And to an extent, I kind of feel like it got the rails from that just a little bit. Not really so much, but I, I enjoyed what we were doing, James. But kind of was, uh, you know, we started just kind of just having more fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we are now ending this because here it was is that everything seemed like it was going well for me. Um, where I thought that, oh, wow, cool. I got this, you know, I've got this this journey I thought was almost complete. It's like, no, 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 no. This is a long, bumpy road with quite a fucking and I just I will say that yesterday being the two year anniversary of the passing of my father um, I hit a pothole that you would only see in Troy or Rochester probably which has two of the worst pothole cities I've ever seen and guess what I popped the tire and that's okay though because guess what you just gotta go to the mechanics it's not means that your your, your, your path forward is, is, is derailed it doesn't mean that it's, it's done going forward it doesn't mean that it's an end, you know, the sentence ending of it there is going to get things fixed and that's the way I looked at it is that today I talked with everybody as somebody who went to a mental health check today more or less to meet and talk with people and kind of look as that okay like I did discontinue therapy a while ago and I made every excuse to not go back to therapy or I did all that stuff and it's like well no you clearly need this and I will now say this as a man who is effectively as this morning where I guess we would say that I am single again. Um, it's uh, we had a very. I'm not going to go into the details of anything because that's kind of more something that I'll do out of respect to Miss Katie. Um, but at one point, as I did try to make light of our very very unpleasant morning that was created by me, um, but it was I had to choose myself over somebody else because I was worried that I would hurt them worse the longer I kept on with things. Um, I did say at one point in time, like, listen, like, I, it's a sci-fi reference, but I do need a team. I like joke around because George Costanza does something very, very, very just, and Jerry's just like, what is wrong with you? Like, you know, you need help. And I'm not talking like regular help. You need like university level, like teams of people working around ships constantly monitoring you. I actually saw that episode. You did, yes. You know exactly when he makes the pitch to the NBC team and he's going, when he goes into the NBC studio and goes, the show is nothing. Um, that was what I would say is that where people's concerns of me in the past couple of days because I've had an outpouring of love from people and sometimes in some cases people I did not even expect to you know hear from because there are not even people I have very long close relationships but ultimately hearing people that you know are not that new in my life but saying like you're you're a really great dude and I, I think that you I, I'm worried that you're gonna do something stupid because I did have a kind of I like like I my, my my mentality yesterday was when I was talking about certain behaviors I was going on is what's the worst that could happen was actually what I was saying to everything um, where whether it would be okay because I want to 
I have to, a buddy of mine wants to take me out golfing, but the tee time is before I get out of work and I'm saying, well, if I just punch out of work early, what's the worst they can do? They, they dock me some, uh, you know, some things like, you know, but I was talked out of, hey man, just, just hang out a little bit longer. And then, you know, then people tell me that they are worried, which I don't want people to worry, but I'm glad that they do because it actually, when somebody goes on that phrase where somebody that goes out of their way, we'll just say a person who on the day of his daughter's first birthday, and at 10 o'clock in the morning, he's saying, hey man, you know, you worry me a little bit and I appreciate you and I would be willing to do anything I could do to help. I'm like, that's, that's the type of uplifting stuff I do need to see in certain aspects. You know, like I do need to have that, <clears throat> that component to it. Uh, but so I did finally today go to the, you know, then it's a process of, are we okay with talking about how you had to go through something similar maybe, or are you not? Oh, we can talk about whatever. I mean, so yeah, this is what I, I full transparency. Yeah. This is what I texted you today when I was telling you I was on my way is that I had, in order for me to take these couple days off, which was the biggest thing I was granted for them, was I'm like, listen, I do need a couple days off from work because I do need to have time to game plan the attack on this one, okay? Like, because, okay, it's not just this, this is all going to happen because if I keep trying to burn both ends of the candle, then I'm just going to burn out, okay? But where if I can focus my energies on the one most thing, and which is I hate saying this right now because it makes me sound selfish and arrogant, but right now the most important thing is me. Um, where, it's always the most important thing. Where it's kind if of you understand of, it appropriately, right? But also not done in a malicious intent of done for me. Because what Correct. I believe is, give, if if I get myself fixed, then I am better off. The whole premise of me starting this podcast. Yeah, put somebody else's mask if I, on if yours. If I could fix myself, I would be able to help. I, I could I could encourage or inspire or potentially assist in helping other people. Because let's face it, like you know, the more and more we go through this, I mean, you know, more and more people are alike of that and. Well, Again. remove the beam from thine own eye before trying to remove the, uh, what's the little thing that gets in your finger? The splinter? Splinter from your brother's eye. Yeah. So, and you'll hear me here, I'm drinking water right now, um, and I'm speaking in a very incredibly soft, more softer tone because... James's boy was at the that was that was Georgia or Max? That was Max. That was Max. Max, let's 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 play that audio because they are here today while we record. Can you not be so loud this time? That was a request for me, not for James, but uh Well it was actually made to me originally and I just had to be honest with my son and say that I am really not in control of that. I you know, that's my friend, and he's a loud individual. If you would like to ask him yourself, you're more than welcome to, but I can't make any promises. And he's like, okay, Daddy. But out of respect, well, I mean, one, that's a great explanation of that you're not, like, and that's a big thing I've been getting about, is that me not being able to control the uncontrollables has been the issue. Um, part of me wants a cup of coffee. The other part of me realizes that when I went to the hospital today, my blood pressure was pretty high but dropped pretty considerably after I had walked through that door um, which I did text you on the way over here that I started to see some of again the, the flaws of our mental health system and um, there's kind, plenty well I mean there was just some do you want to know the worst thing that I've imagined in the last week what's that just on that uh, the fact that our personal information has a central database where like if you click on this ad, they can retarget you on whatever website you fucking go to to make sure you see their ad. 
But our medical information, the shit that they use to try and like help our physical bodies, that doesn't have like a central source to where they could just all pull from it so that anybody could help so us. So literally the whole thing of that, like this is what, the, no, this is one that is, my mind. this is one that I would say is a good one. Um, and I still, is it HIPAA or HICA? I don't know. Okay, whatever the hell the laws, I think it's whatever. I think it's HIPAA. HIPAA, okay. So the first thing I see is I'm walking in to go meet with them because my biggest thing as I go is that I'm like I called um, you know our favorite listener we'll just say and I was like I'm on my way to walk in and I'm like I don't really know like what to do am I going to the emergency room am I going to the general thing and like they were like saying yeah like tell them she's like tell me you know she's like because she totally does believe I'm never wanting to physically harm myself one of the biggest things I had going through this little bit of my wave of this meltdown is that I didn't want to harm anybody else either where I've carried anger and resentment towards people during some of these where I would sit there and I would think, I want to punch this person in the face. I didn't have any of those thoughts these days. I was just, you know, hey, let's just, you know, do this. And was I was I harming myself? Not necessarily. Was I putting myself at risk? Absolutely. You know, which is maybe a more, you know, subliminal thing in that one. But I see the janitor at the place and he's one of my former neighbors. And I say hi to him, and he's like, oh, hey, I didn't see you here. And I was like, no, just tell everybody I'm okay. And he very, very sure he goes, I can't tell anybody anything. And he's like, HIPAA. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I, I get that. I'm like, I was just saying hi, but obviously you see me walking in here, and I'm not bleeding, and I'm not, you know, mangled. And you're cleaning the floors, and you're kind of overhearing that, you know, hey, um, why are you here today? And I'm like, well, I have crippling anxiety that is not making me functional right now. And I will say things are very great as far as how they handled where everybody had this type of tone and was like, you know, like they knew like where it was like, you know, picture, you know, how some of our interactions at your previous employer, my current employer, how somebody might just be, all right, let's get a bidding amount, you know, kind of like that, or just anything in general, you know, you go to a grocery store and maybe you're having the worst day of your life and the people are trying to push you through line when it's like, okay, like they don't realize that I am struggling to do these certain little things that are normally things I do like again the worst day of my I would have to look up the calendar but that first day when I finally called and started wanting the help I was physically unable of looking up like looking at a password on one page and then typing it into the other page like that took too much of my brain when you think about me at my creme de la creme I do that stuff without even thinking but now it was like literally it was like it was a it was I would I did not want anyone to see me that day. It was not good. Uh, I felt like a complete total shot of myself. Um, I did not have that feeling as much today. I was very good and like I'm realizing that you know I'm wearing my name tags like that. But I start going through the thing of that again. I still had to make the jokes when I had the chance to. Of you know I eventually get seated down. You know everyone's was nothing but you know just nice soft spoken ladies. And I get asked the questions as they're going through, and they're like, you know, you know, do you have, you know, what, what would you say? It's anxiety, and they're kind of like asking me, how long has this been going on? I'm going, well, I was born in 1985, so sometime around 90, you know, like I kind of just like, it's been going on for a while. They're going, well, this particular episode, I'm going, okay, well, like again, was I going on when I first started this thing? It was not the one thing, okay? It, it was still a lot of things this week. I mean, it was centralized around grieving of the loss of my father but going into that week I dealt with the losses of other people and it was kind of like okay like I didn't have I've I've burned out so many emotions that I was kind of storing up for 
that one thing, but that's kind of the whole thing of that, okay, well, there's more to this world than just what happened to you, Ryan. And that's a realization thing. And then I start beating myself up with that going. It's like, okay, wow, people have it. You don't, you're not the only one that has it bad, Ryan, but it's just like, you know, like you do need to keep that in perspective. But the thing is that I'm looking as going, but I am trying to get it better. I think other people are just trying to deal with this. And you and I had a very lovely conversation today where I just talked with you about, and we were, talking about how you and I, one thing why we have this speaking format is that, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, is that I am incapable of not saying what's on my mind. Um, now, whereas it's sometimes where it seems like that you kind of come things where, I don't want to say anger or anything like that, but you definitely come through where I would say passion um, with, uh, with, with the things that are on your mind. Well, I don't uh, say what's on my mind. I say what I believe right. with conviction. If I said everything that was on my mind, I would be presenting a tornado of information. I have, in the middle of conversations, I can have a conversation in my head that will completely pivot everything that I'm saying, and I expect the other person to keep up. It is an unfair process um, how quickly I, I bounce through information. So I typically reserve speaking for certainty. So, as I go on, which I would go on with our... In family, those situations. With our listeners, I would say your best outlet or way of getting things out there is that you write and I speak. And I think there's a lot more thinking that goes into writing than there is into my speaking because I don't really think... All the only thing I do is go, what is the best way I can present this where I can say it where it may be comical, not be, you know serious because like and especially when you're going through some place where I had to be very careful in picking my words because saying the wrong thing was going to be terrible because I literally at one point today was talking about well I'll go through the process of things but so I get to that part seat and then they seat me down nothing but just lovely people and then I don't know if it was just by divine intervention or <laughs> anything of that nature but um, they sent like three absolutely smoking hot nurses to talk to me during this time. <laughs> and I was just going on of that, like, hey, listen, like, you know, like. You know, that's not quite the way the divine typically works. I'm just saying that's that. That's typically the way the other side I'm just side saying is that, okay, they were people that did not just have. throwing that out there. <clears throat> they were not people that seemed like they had resting bitch face. They seemed like they were very, very, you know. All I'm saying is through desire and <clears throat> lust, that's the way that but I was going, the sinful side works, not the righteous side. But as I kind of explained to them, as I like listened and they sat down, they were like, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to warn you as someone who, if you guys are here to listen to me, I'm like, I'm going to talk about everything and anything, and I'm probably going to make a lot of jokes out of it and a lot of analogies mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I'm like, and if you're going to ask me questions, you're not going to get simple answers was kind of what I was going with. And they asked, and, you know, I'm being as you know, honest as I can with them. And I did go through with them, and they were very good. Where it was like, I did actually see, like, because this is the thing, too, is that I could see, because obviously we're, we're definitely wearing masks. We're in a hospital. Like, you know. Oh, that's right. I mean, at that point, I mean, you know, either way, if that, you know, this is kind of, you know, deal with that. Where at one point I was realizing I still have gum in my mouth. And I was like, I had to go, hey, like, can I take this out? And they're like, oh, yeah, no. But I, because I have a now COVID condition, and I did talk about how a lot of this, 
And in that, I started talking to other people is that a lot of the mental health thing is very COVID related because of just how the way that our world has changed around us and how things are not where I kind of saw in the look of that there was three ladies there and one of them in particular like I saw sadness out of not I'm not sure if she was an intern or something like that she was wearing something different but I think I saw the sadness out of her of that going like oh my god this is what people actually go through the kind of thing like that where it was like I probably look the different part of when most people come in there because, you know, there's probably a lot of people that are going, yeah, I'm stuck at home and I can't stand the people I live with or something like that, where it's like, I'm in the different thing of that. I was like, you know, again, like they asked, when did this start? I'm going, well, it, there was a lot of points of this one and there's just a lot of constant body blows during this past week, I would say, where I came back from my trip and I honestly think that like Wednesday night was like you know probably the time where I was like you know when my softball team had won and I had a great time with my friends and I was going wow this has just been like this is just all so great like I need this so much you know like everything feels like it's coming together and then Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday Monday happened and it was kind of like maybe like you know I posted a video about me golfing and I because I just hit a 275 yard drive uphill, which is an amazing shot for a small left-handed guy like myself. Uh, me being left-handed has nothing to do with that, actually. But just be a you would not have with the person I was playing with. You would have expected that person to hit the shot, not me. So what do I do? I'm going. Oh my God! I have just been absolutely crushing my driver for eight holes today. I'm like, you know what? I gotta take a video on the ninth hole. And what did I do? <laughs> hit probably my worst tee shot of the entire day, and it's just like. Hey, maybe I need to learn to be humble and maybe thinking that, you know, on Wednesday we're, okay, everything really is great. And then it's like, nope, bro, you got a long, long, long road ahead of you. So I did definitely keep them, you know, in their thing. They did listen to me and talk to me. Now, at the point in time, my blood pressure was pretty high, actually, I would say. But they were, they just mostly, it, it dropped considerably because <clears throat> there was a new level of anxiety of going, I don't know what's about to happen right now. Like, I don't know what this one, and I did it to be careful with my words, not because to be manipulative, but like at one point in time and say like, I've slept in five different places in the past five days, or I've been in a different place every night. I've not slept the same place two nights in a row in a, very, in a while. I'm literally going home for the first time with the place that I have listed on my address as a home. I'm literally going there after I get out of here. Um, and it's just because, I mean, I essentially was, I want to say I was living out of my car because, well, I always had a place to stay and I always had a place to shower and a place to eat and all that stuff. And I had, I did make one pit stop there to grab a bag of clothes because so I could kind of keep bouncing out of there. But it's like, ultimately, you do have a residence on your license. You do receive mail there. You do pay to live there. And you're just using it as your fucking storage unit, just like you did to your old fucking apartments because... Back to the thing that people have said is that my, my sense of not being at home. Um, so I would definitely say that I went through the whole thing. And this is where I saw the biggest flaws of things possible of that. They definitely did. They, 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 they asked me a lot of questions as far as, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, alcohol and marijuana definitely are pretty heavy, you know, or not heavy, but, you know, I've actually much lighter on the weed, which is probably why I've been, you know, getting a little bit more into the, and I wouldn't even say I've been drinking to excess. It's just that I'd spend like a, I don't want to call anyone around the clock activity, but it's like, I will have a beer or two and then I will, like I played golf the other day. I drank five Coors Lights in 
in a four-hour round of golf. Um, if I, like, literally the joke would be amongst drinkers is that if I got pulled over on my way out of the parking lot, which I had to worry about because I wasn't driving, but just in, in hypothetical, is that if I got pulled over and the officer said, have you had anything to drink today? I would say, yes, sir, I just drank four, five Coors Lights in the past four hours because it's the weakest beer out there. They would say, oh, that's it? Okay, have a good one, sir. You know, that's a joke that people will say. It's no, the Coors Light joke is, what do having sex in the canoe and drinking Coors Light have in common? They're both close to fucking water. Um, so I do go through the whole process, finish that thing. I have been prescribed a medication that I'm going to be starting tomorrow because I kind of want a little bit of a chill out period, but also I'm a little weary of it because they did ask, do I have problems sleeping? And 100 fucking percent I have problems sleeping. Um, my real self-medicating of going to sleep has been melatonin, but here's the thing about that. It gives me a nice little kick as far as it gets me to where I can actually finally start resting, but I, it doesn't last me for a good nights of sleep, you know. The clinical trials say that uh, melatonin, people fall asleep 6% faster, but there is no... Um actual evidence that it impacts the quality of sleep or the length of sleep well i mean is hey the placebo effect it, exactly I, right. I, I, yeah. I took these things um, and honestly just me too me too I've, I've got them up there right they're um, sugar the sugar-free gummies are going okay well guess what i don't want to eat a bunch of candy but if i eat these ones well i will be asleep soon enough in my mind that i won't have to worry about wanting to if i i, I will one, say though that for three nights in a row i dreamed and remembered that i was dreaming in the morning for the first time in probably a decade um, the first few nights that I was taking melatonin so I that was cool but the thing is I try to kind of cycle on cycle off type thing of that like I don't want to take something like I've heard of this with people who you know people who actually were prescribed opiate based painkillers that you know like you know construction workers being I only take them every other day because I don't want to Build a tolerance and an addiction. Oh, they're so, bad, yeah. So that's kind of the way. But once I heard that a long time ago about stuff, I was like, okay, I don't want to make the melatonin be okay. I have to because the last time when I was really at my worst, when I was absolutely manic, I mean, I eventually got to the point that I was just like, you know, I one time it like you know where normally two my routine like, I wasn't even doing anything. No, the only thing I was using as a sleep aid was melatonin one time. I would eat two of them, and then a half hour later, I'd eat the other two. And I would peacefully fall asleep, and I actually was at that point in time. It would be the whole thing of that. It wouldn't be enough to get me for a full period of time. I would just wake up in the middle of the night, and now I'm rested enough that, you know, I do this. Let's go pop, pop another two melatonin. No, but then it's like going, okay, but now I don't feel as good about this because, okay, are they even going to do anything? And if it's 4 o'clock and I need to be up at 7 o'clock and I fell asleep at 11 o'clock, is it really stand to believe that if I go to wake up, am I going to be out of it? Because that was the thing I mentioned to them is that going, like, I was there, like, you know, do you feel refreshed? And, and when you wake up from your sleep and going, I really feel like I mostly operate on, like, the six, four to six-hour range of sleep. And I wake up and I feel energized. Like, and I try explaining that my, my levels of energy are... So, I mean, like, whereas, you know, it's kind of how I mentioned before is that, like, you know, like, I, I feel energized after exercising. I never feel exhausted. So, kind of, like, even a thing of, you know, I'm very curious when I get to my house to see what I weigh on the scale because I feel like I might be 
down much more because the other day I would say I did like, you know having the Apple Watch again not trying to be a salesperson but having that there to track things on the actual because I always considered Sunday to be the day of my father's death even though he didn't live till Monday because he was a tough motherfucker and he bought another hour and a half into the next day but during that day I just basically just had to call our listener and I basically was just I ended up uh, like almost a damn near four hour conversation on the phone with her where while there's football being played and I have money on these football games and I'm not even updating to see what the hell the score was I just check and see that oh wow you just put a bunch of money on the line and you, you lost 20 bucks okay whatever um, type thing at that, at that out of those things um, I did see that you know like I was I did find and look out of my watch and all these activity rings that they have on there are popping off to me like I'm setting personal records. I, while standing and talking, I took, because the people at work, I was, I was at work this day, and they said, do you have a way to count how many steps you took? Because you probably took about, I guess, I was like, what's your guess? They said, probably about 14,000. I said, I looked at my app and it said, said 13,987. I had burned over 3,000 calories at work, at my, off, at my job where I wear dress clothes. Um, and guess what? I felt really good <laughs> in that regards of that. Pacing around constantly is kind of like, you know, it made me feel better if that, okay, I was able to do that. I was not locked in a cage, so to speak. Um, so I did have, you know, some things that the biggest reason I had to go to do this is that I needed to have some time off and what I was trying to do was just go to work and just be like, hey, I'm really not going to do anything when I come here today, which is no good for anybody, um, myself, everybody else involved. And what I had to do was go to get the help for myself, which unfortunately does kind of have the collateral effect of that, okay, this does make for more work for other people. Um, but I did uh, end up you know, going through the whole process, talking about the sleep thing, and then that's when... I had told them right off the bat, I was like, you know, like they started talking about what the process was going to be from there. And they say, hey, you know, we don't have a direct psychiatrist from here. They will refer you and stuff and like that. And we'll figure out what the best medications. So there I was going, I'm like, I medications with this thing. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just know too much information as far as I know the people who have prescribed them. And I know the people who have sold them as far as on a professional level. And their stories aren't really all the confidence in the world, which is what, again, that's a big problem with the mental health thing. Okay, from what I understand, what I was prescribed is something that does not have as much negative connotation from people that I know that are in the know. So, we have that part of it, and then this is where I really kind of realized this is the part of the, so the race, like, so you want a couple of days off from work, and you want someone to maybe take you down. This prescription I have is not like take this every day at this point it's meant to be take this when you feel like you're going to get to that level so it's kind of just like something I have to have on me and if I feel you know let's just say for someone that has heartburn you know they have Rolaids on them you know this thing of that I have this stuff now I did not feel like I wanted to take them complete yet today and I'm really curious to see the effects because I was going to listen I don't want to be no fucking pilled up zombie you know I, that, that's, not the, that's not what I want to be you know and they were like no no this is why we're going to go with this one but they're going we'll just do this in the media team now and I'm going so I did want to continue to do therapy where does that part go and they're going well now that you're in part here I was like well what are we, what's my next step you've been very helpful in all this regards you've handed me all this stuff 
Um, I did think that was great is that the woman that was in charge of the whole thing, the one who's officially treated me, she was a very great listener. When it came time to talk, I at one point just said to her going, wow, you might actually talk faster than me. And you were listening with the tone of a very like, okay, so, and asking questions very softly while I went on and gave my 20 minute answers that I give. Um, and I did to kind of see if they, you know, get his rough thing with They said, well, in a perfect world, and I said, well, I don't know anything about a perfect world as I cut them off and I said, they're like, well, it would, they will call you in the next three to five days. Um, you should probably just call them tomorrow. And I was like, that's a real ringing endorsement for this system is that, okay, like, I'm somebody who is struggling to function to do basic things, and you're going, hey, let's just see how he does for a couple of days, you know, or, oops, forgot to call that guy. Like, you know, like, that's kind of what I heard in that moment. Yeah, but the thing that everybody but forgets they said, with everything is that all of these roles are just filled with people just like you and I. There could be somebody in that job who's supposed to be calling you, who's going through a struggle just like this that isn't trying to do something about it. So he's just going to work dealing with that shit every day. And so, yeah, he forgot to make a call. And yeah, you happen to be the person that he forgot about this time in this example, right? Um, but the entire world and every system that we use is filled with people that are going through this shit. Everybody's going through it. 85% of the world is dysfunctional. And, and I, I mean... You were doing absolutely great. There were actually like no signs by my recollection until you went home and you were excited about going home and then you go home and you're there and all the influences of being home coupled with your depression from losing your father, which, you know, I love you, dude, but yeah, you're holding on to that. That's two years later. Um, the person that is my, my, my mother, um, more or less in my eyes, um, died uh, a year ago and you know I mean everybody handles things differently I get that but you know I guess my, my, my latest thing is you choose your struggles in life you choose the pain right there, we, there's a couple things I know I know that the human brain is wired to see the problems and the negativity we don't remember good moments you know what good moments that we remember the ones that we went through uh, like with somebody that we thought they were shitty, right? We remember them because they're shitty, but we had somebody that went through them with us and that turned it into a good moment and a good memory down the road. But you can't plan for and account for those. So I think seeking the good life, seeking feeling good, seeking wanting to be happy, seeking to be in a good mood all the time and be happy-go-lucky, that's the fucking problem. We're not built for that shit. We always make it happen, but we make it happen for our mind the same way we make it happen for our body. You put it through shit. You go through the most difficult, discomforting thing that you can imagine, just like you exercise and you make your muscles weak and you tear them apart so that they can be built back stronger and better and you can adapt and you can do it. Same thing with your mind. You run away from the problems, you never get strong enough to deal with them, right? Now all of a sudden you can't go through the fucking line at the grocery store because the fucking death and shit that everybody has to deal with at some point is looming over your shoulder and causing you to have issues with all these other different things and so, so now it's a cascade effect and you don't feel you're strong enough to handle it right so I love the way Jordan Peterson puts it don't they need somebody to be strong at your father's funeral right that's the goal they, like you got to be the strong one and if he he relied on you right you said he was most connected to you you were the one who was supposed to have final say right so that was you you were supposed to be strong right and and that's what he expected of you and that's what he wanted of you and that's 
by your account and your definitions of him to me, that's what he did. You don't have to neglect your feelings, but you dive into the pain and you, you look at it and you face it and you don't run from it. You're not trying to avoid it. You're not trying to get rid of it. You're trying to walk through it and you have to. That's the only way to get stronger. Well, so as I would go with that one is that I miss, the reason why this one is more is, but let's, let's be real here, is that I had been through other of the anniversaries, we'll just call, and I did a much better time around the first time through. I don't recall, here's the thing, I don't recall as much of these things of that what happens, you know, during the last time around, but I do know that I just kind of went about, I just tucked my elbow at work. I thought that by being the strong one was what me doing was going the whole life goes on thing, which is what he's something he always instilled in me. But I did it to a point of that I just completely pushed it away, and because it was something that I never really talked about with anybody, and now this is something that it's been something okay. Like uh, it is two years later, but I am at first now just getting this, and this is where a difference I have of ever. There's always variables of that. In your position with you having the kids and the, you know, at the time, you know, the relationship you were trying to make work with baby mama, you had other things that did not let you do that. I kind of, which I don't know if this is a fortunate or unfortunate I, thing. I don't know I what have you mean. Time. I've actually never let financial responsibilities I'm prevent me from doing I'm not talking about financial. I'm talking about you have the thing of that, guess what, okay, like your kids can't see the hurt on daddy's face because your biggest thing is to keep Absolutely wrong. Face. I show them my hurt. I face the hurt. Like, I'm not saying run from the hurt. Yeah, dude, this fucking sucks. But you want a new Beyblade right now. You want fucking grape juice, right? I look at my son while he's sitting in the fridge. Daddy, why don't you have grape juice for me? Dude, I got seven bucks in the fucking bank right now. I don't have money to go fucking get you grape juice right now. I'm sorry, dude. Maybe we'll see if mommy's got some, right? And you don't think it hurts me to say that to my son, but I don't lie to my son and we deal with shit. You don't lie to that, but ultimately the whole thing is that you have a very productive outlet to kind of do things is I'm going to What's focus the productive on being the best dad. What do I have? What do I have? To be the best you. I don't know okay. how to be a good dad. My which kids okay. teach me and how to be a what, good James, dad by showing me I'm being that. a shitty guess person. What, James, I was doing that wrong, which means that, okay, even though it was two years. So what was wrong? Have you recognized that yet? Um, I, the fact that I just never, like, oh, we'll just, we'll just never fucking, let's just pretend it ever happened to an extent, you know, like that's. What does is, that even mean? What are you going to do differently? What are you seeking okay. to do it differently? Gonna, yeah, get mad. Yeah, I'm not cool. getting mad. I'm just getting to the whole thing of that. I was, that might be everything, productive. Everything I was doing was wrong. Well, I'm trying to be respectful to your son and not being loud. Um, I don't know exactly. I appreciate what's, that. But I'm trying to return, you know, like, you know, fix the glitch we'll just call it a little bit okay where i, I want you to get mad well, you okay. need to i don't you need to be mad no, yourself I, I do not you do not want me to get mad i do not want to get mad i don't want it to go out to my car and grab my pills for the first time ever i'm trying to avoid that okay so maybe you should maybe not try to encourage me to get angry i i really don't do well with being told what to do i'm just i just said that's why i said maybe you should try i didn't say you were going to do it yeah. i said it in that careful words so then basically, as I was going on, where one of my big things when they asked, what are you going to do after this? And mm -hmm. I was going, I have to get myself situated because unfortunately I did have this long list of people to be in touch with and all these other things, this, this whole checklist for me to And that's where all your pain comes from. To have all this, to, to peacefully be able to have a couple days of, you know, actually where what I do is I focus my game plan on this attack, which I completely abandoned because right now the worst thing is, is that I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm, in a, I'm in a fight though. And the fight is the difference is I can't see the enemy in front of me because the enemy is inside of me. Okay? But you can see the enemy. That's what meditation is for. And you realize it's not an enemy. 
you just have to get out of your own way. And sometimes you have to understand that that means that you're right, you were doing the wrong thing, but the question is why? What made it wrong? Because in any given situation, absolutely everything is circumstantial, right? I can never tell you what is right or wrong for you. I can make a case for like a philosophy that I believe in, but everything is circumstantial, right? So the only thing that I believe can be right or wrong is how we come to those conclusions or how we come to those conclusions, right? But what those conclusions are gonna look like when we put them into action is gonna be 100% different for everybody. Right? And, and what I think that means is, is, A, you have to deal with the discomfort as soon as possible and you have to address it head on. Um, and you have to do what's best for everybody around you. Well, so I guess I would say this one is I was doing a lot of what, feeling like it was the right thing to do, but clearly finding out through, okay, so it's kind of like with, like, you know, we'll talk about with like a scientific process. Once more information and once more output is received, I can re- then trace back the data and go, oh, wait, this is really not working. Well, I, I don't think in the beginning it felt like the right thing to do. If I had to guess, I would say that it felt like the wrong thing to do, but you thought that's what you were supposed to do and that's what was expected of you. Well, and then also, again, again, back to influence. Hold on, answer that. Is that true? What size? I said that it did not feel like the right thing to do, but you thought that it should be or that it was expected of you, like that was the expectation of what right was, but it didn't necessarily feel right to you. Well, okay, like my whole thing again going on is that I am somebody, and again, back to the almost purpose of this podcast, is that I am someone that does legitimately want to help as many people as possible, but then I do a thing where I get lost and, you know, you're still not helping yourself. Like, you think that helping other people is helping yourself, but no, you need to help yourself help yourself, okay? Yep. And that's where I'm going on with this. Is that me too. better? Right, but the fact of the matter is... Well, so that's the question. But what you, you still just give me a quick yes or no? Did I think I was doing it right? Uh, clearly not, if I'm changing it. No, no, no. I mean, okay, so in the moment, when it was the present, when you were doing it. I don't even know what I did. I'm just numb to it. I actually have, this is a great thing. Of, it's going to be a horrible thing. Um, and as our listener has pointed out, was that, okay, where all I do is I talk to get my emotions out, where I probably talk to a lot of people and told a lot of things during those processes. Because you know how, how many times do I often say, going, I forget who I've told what to? Mm. She wrote a journal. And that journal has got a lot more into it than I do, and I do want to read that journal because I realize it's a fascinating. It's a forty-one day struggle of things that I don't remember. I have been hearing them back to me, and it's the first time I've thought about some very painful shits that did indeed happen. That I just kind of just was like I was a. I'm not sure if you were working with me at that time, but I was basically just walking around like a fucking zombie. I don't know. Was it? it was two years ago from the. Remember, it was after we had our very, very big successes at work that one month, so you still yes, were with me. Yes. I was there, and then I came back. Basically, I went back just to watch him wake up from a coma, okay? And then I went to work and then came, I think I was there for like maybe like two weeks or so. I remember the moments of the start of when I got the calls to come and all these things, and, you know... At the time, you know, the thing was, you know, this being the fucking culture of my people and the culture of my, you know, like people, I mean, my family and the culture of, you know, just the Irish mentality was going like, yeah, just have a couple drinks. Now, back to as far as when you saw everything was going good to the trip coming home, there was some triggering things that happened there where, again, where, again, I was very, I was bothered by the fact that I drove 200 miles to be with my mother on her 60th birthday and it wasn't anyone else's fault. 
other than fucking Cuomo's that I couldn't sit at the same table as her. She got up from the table. She was getting. She had to get up from the table where I had already been worked up because the waiter yelled at me about having my mask on. And my mom just gets up to the table because she wants to sit next to her baby boy. And I'm like, just please, just because I don't want to have this guy yell at me because I know that it's going to make me so, or yell at you especially. But at the end of the day is that I drove back there to see somebody that I sat 15 feet from. So I, then, I still don't I, understand. And, Why didn't she sit next to you? Because when I had gotten there, she was there next to her father, okay. her uncle, who was already there in the seat, and then my brothers, my brother and his girlfriend, and my other brother. Mm. We were only limited to those many people at the table. Who do we say, oh, you, like, I didn't want to make it a thing of who do we tell to get up, mm-hmm. you know, because, okay, she should sit next to her father, she should sit next to her husband, okay, those, you know, are things there. Um, they have the rights to there, too, it's just unfortunate that you guys got there first. I, I don't know, I mean, that's just a matter of first come, first serve type thing, it's, it's how it worked. We weren't mm-hmm. going to make a freak, we, like, unlike with things that happened with my father's funeral where people were bickering over the fucking, the pr- proper grammar of... Whether it's spelled hole in ones or holes in one and stuff like that, it's going, hey, let's not have anything. This is where everyone's seated. I'll sit over here. That's going to be my sacrifice. I'm going to make the things. I didn't want it, but me causing a stink about it is not what she wanted. That was her day. But it was not. We, we had to look at the positives, and at the time, I wasn't at the positives of that. That, okay, hey, at least, at, least, at, least we, at least we got to be at a dinner. And that's a little bit of another thing, too, is that I just saw where my mom finally outlived the age of my father. That's a weird thing, okay, because my father was always two years older, and now I see my mother on her 60th birthday, and I know that 10 days later, I mourn the loss of a guy who died on his 59th. That's the thing that actually happened with me, or I'm kind of realizing that, was that I'm now seeing that my mother is now older than my father, if that makes sense, you know? like So that was the thing there. On the trip, okay, there was a, basically the guy that I was playing with, a very, very, the 350-pound Russian guy who looks like he eats nails for breakfast and fucking, you know, washes it down with 87 octane and then puts a smile on his face. He had just gotten the news going up there that one of our close members of our club back home had just been put to hospice. And that was the whole thing of that, okay, so I started with that one. And then what ends up happening is that I don't know what day it was that he passed. I'm not sure if I discussed this on the episode, but then bam, he passed. And for one day, Facebook was a sad place, but a beautiful place on my feed because it was everybody posting a memory of this guy because, you know, was everybody his best friend? No, like when you're the drummer in a local band or you're, the, you're a local drummer in every band that's ever been around there in a party town, well, guess what? At one point in time, he was the backbone to everybody's party because that's what the drummer is, is a backbone to a band. It starts off with that one. Then I have a guy who I hang out with on the regular. I get a message that this guy's name, let's just say his last name is Murphy. I'm not going to go on his first, but I get that Blank Murphy is on his way to come see you. And I'm like, I don't know who Blank Murphy is. I look through my contacts, look through my so I'm like, oh, there's plenty of people with this name, but none of them, I, if I don't have their phone number, then they're probably not too important to me. And then I was like, do I know him? And they were like, well, he seems to know you. <clears throat> and he's driving a black BMW convertible. I'm going... Well, now I'm really confused because I definitely think I would know who I am friends with that, you know, I'm going, I'm wondering, okay, is this something where maybe something happened to another business association? We'll just leave it at that. And then the person shows up and it's a guy who I've just only known as Murph. Okay. Because I've been hanging out with him at the same place for 10 years and him and I have laughed together. We've cried together. We've yelled together and yelled at each other over those years. You've seen each other at our best. We've seen each other worst. There is a thing to the actual where 
yes, he's not my friend per se, not that we don't see him out of, he does, if I had a problem, I would come, if I, I would to ask him, I feel like that he would do what he could to help me with it. We don't really have to go to that route. Um, I don't have his number directly to contact him. It was just always, hey, well, I know if I see that truck on Main Street, I know exactly what, you know whose it is, and that's where I was going, okay. I'm like, dude, what's going on? You just show up in a, he's been driving the same freaking beat up truck for God knows how long, and now you show up in a brand new, or like a, a newer looking car, and I was like, would you hit the lottery? And then I find out him to tell me that his brother died. And he and I had talked when we were during the quarantine where we had seen each other and I was asking him, you know, because at the time where knowing that we are single guys, you know, that, you know, we mostly come together to be together. We go to be alone together at the bars, what we do, but we have a good time in the process. Mm-hmm. I sat there and chat with him and I was like, how's everybody doing? You know, is everybody, you know, because that was when we were starting to hear that people were getting a little out of control with booze. We were watching social media pictures where, okay, everyone's looking fatter and stuff. And I, I was like asking him, and he'd said something about his his brother's drinking like a handle of Jameson every other day. And I'm going, all right, that's like somebody who's, you know, straight, no stranger to the business of, of, of stuff. I'm going, that's like something I would never, ever could see myself doing where if I was to do that day after day, there might be a day or a weekend where something like that happens. And it's not like a spur of the moment thing. It's generally like a planned vacation or something like that. But when you're just doing that all the time, well, guess the fucking hell what? Like, it stops. It, it just like with the opiates or anything like that. Oh. Is that if it, it starts wearing off, and then suddenly, okay, if you keep drinking it, you're gonna have to start having to drink one handle a day to get to the same place. Oh. Um, and that, that was explains thing. a lot. Yeah, that was actually my so, dad. Yeah, uh, Captain Morgan, dark spice rum, but not not Jameson. So I get to that one, and then you know, just as I'm kind of preparing, where I have the weekend set up, where. I'm preparing my nice go. I got Saturday off. I'm like, I'm going to go and I'm going to have my good day with my buddy where, again, my buddy is the guy who I moved, first person I made friends with, somebody that I would love to maybe at some point have on there. You guys are totally going to butt heads. He's totally going to mount one of the kids here. You're totally going to yell at each other, but I think you'll enjoy the words you say to each other. But he, uh, you know, he's the person I go to see, you know, and you're one of those, but he's really one of those because he's known me for longer of that. I don't go to you to hear what I want to hear. I go to you to hear what you have to say to this guy. And him and I are two people who literally at one point hanging out, I, when I started trying to take better care of myself, as he was driving by while I was golfing, and he said, yo, bro, you're starting to look a lot more like me. And we were with a lady friend of his. He's like, you're starting to look a lot more like me. You're starting to look more and more like me every day. And my reply back, which is him saying that, hey, you're getting bigger because he's a bigger guy and he's got the red hair too. And I reply back to him going, well, geez, all I've ever wanted to do is not look like you. And he's like, he said that, you know, dude, that hit me. But then like we're talking about, I was like, okay, guess what? Okay, we just took a little segment break and I kind of forgot where we picked up when we set off. But, you know, I'm just kind of, we were just, me and James were just kind of free flowing off of here talking about some things. But as I would say, um, one thing about me, and this is just a thing in general, is that I, it's in fact, I just said to James, I was talking about how I don't like to read, and so sometimes text messages I don't remember accurately, or I miscommunicate that, but I, and also maybe I forget what something looks like in a picture, but um, <laughs> James, I told him, is that, you know, because he always could say I need to be a better listener. Um, if you think I'm a shitty listener, you should see how bad of a reader I am as far as actually, like, not glossing over it and just not really paying attention to it. I just had that beaten into me from having to do way too much reading and having to memorize that information and then realizing, oh, when you listen to it, it's a lot easier. 
I feel like that I'm, I'm kind of curious of your answer or this idea of why I think I'm good at doing this. When I was younger, I went to school with a, kid, a deaf kid for a very long time. I mean, it was a deaf man, whatever. I mean, whatever the uh, deaf kid probably sounds like a fucking like a, a bad term now, but fuck people, I guess. Um, you have the deaf. Well, I don't want to say him by his name, so I'm just going to call him the deaf kid. Okay. <laughs> you know, which is, I think what we called him. <laughs> I thought we would have been fine if you would have just kept going, but instead you did this. Like I feel like deaf is like that's what you are. If you can't hear, you are deaf. Well, I mean, and he like, was a child because if, you were a child. So the thing so was, we're good. We were all. How about deaf child? Is that better? The deaf child. The deaf. My, my deaf classmates. There we go. Okay, there we there go. We Productive. That was one thing again. I had to be very careful when I was talking about them. They asked me what I was going to do after the meeting. I said. I'm like, I want to say this very carefully so you know what I mean by it. I'm waiting to figure out where my final resting place is going to be tonight, and I don't want you to think that means where I plan on dying. It means I have slept in five different places in five different days, and I'm not sure where my journey might bring me today. And they're like, yeah, it was a good thing you definitely prefaced that, because if you would just said, once I get to my final resting place, like, we probably wouldn't have left you leave here. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, that's, you know, that's kind of... Well, a, I, I mean, you remember, I had to go through that process. But I didn't. Mean, I didn't have insurance though, so they were trying to to sign me up for the New York state of health stuff. But you know, we made too much money working for my previous employer to qualify for that shit. Yeah, I don't know how I was going to pay for anything I did, but we'll figure. I it just out never later. have. Okay. I it, I don't know. It's been like how old am I? Thirty two. Fourteen <laughs> years of medical bills. I've never paid one of them. <laughs> this has never hit my credit report ever. Oh my god. Well. Fucking hopefully we don't have too many listeners to this show. <laughs> but well, uh, I mean, I do just, you want to give your social security along with your middle name? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good sorry, point. Sorry, sorry. I think I just heard them. Try to, which I want to wake the baby. Yeah, I hear him making noise. Let me go check on him. Okay, so anyways, so I was going to go on, which is weird because I wanted to ask James a question, but James is going to go take care of this because unfortunately, and we have this documented on this show that I was trying to speak in this com. You know, demeanor, and then um, Mr. My, my my co-host here, Mr. Ling, decided to tell me he wanted to get me angry, and uh, you know, I mean, I don't really want to be angry. And we did have this talk while we were off the air where he discussed, you know, the idea of you know the physical toughness thing and stuff like that, and like you know, I didn't want to stand outside because it was cold out there for a second. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm just really not feeling that good, and he was like. Well, that's why he's like, oh, who cares? You know, you, see, you got you got to be doing good at that. You got to do better at that. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I get it. Like, because he starts telling me a story about um, uh, his father who then tell me how he did all these, he ended up setting some chin-up record or something like that or doing something. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm sure you can do a lot of those, but I guarantee at least one day you take a day off. And today, this is the day when I officially go in for asking for help in regards is that it's like this is the one day I'm trying to take the tough guy routine off there um, this is where I'm trying to you know just do dude I don't want to be angry I just want to be 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 relieved so I just think that Mr. Ling is coming back down here I had a nice little file for you because I did enjoy that on your episode Mr. Nesbitt which is probably the worst podcast quality I've ever produced in my entire life because that was well, it was an interesting argument that you guys were having. We had a bunch of good stuff talking in there, but like yeah. it was, he did send me a video sample I didn't need to check out, but um, we're talking about, uh, I believe he said Ill-Advised was going to be the name of his new project. But You're going to work on that with him? I would like to be someone involved. Now, at the least. beginning of this one, you said, 
we're going to end this. Does that mean the podcast is ending or no, just this season? this season, but I would say that I'm probably going to be maybe want to take a couple of days away or maybe I just do some solar. I, I would just kind of, I'm trying to not have a schedule really too much right now. Like, okay. I just have, I have softball tomorrow. That's the only thing I really care about. I will get around to things. I get around to them, but I need to have what I saw today from Mr. Tommy Borelli where I stopped by his place because Katie had dropped me, or yes, you know, this Katie, Katie dropped me off to my car or dropped me, drove me to my car. And then I was kind of in no man's land of going, okay, I don't really know if I have enough time to go home and stuff like that. Well, it's pretty easy. I have a change of clothes and Tommy Borelli gave me an open door policy at his place. So I was like, hey man, I called, can I take a shower? He's like, oh, absolutely. Hmm. And I come by me and like, he's just like, hey, I don't mind, man. He's like, I'm just in my little, you know, my little morning meditative state. And he's just kind of like, you know, yeah, just having a coffee, having a smoke, watching the tube, you know, like, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really have those kind of moments ever. I don't really like have the wake up and uh, I might have the occasional waking up and listening to a podcast type thing. But typically I, once I start listening to it, I start getting active kind of thing. And then I start going, oh, well, I can listen to this and move around for a while. So let's go listen to this and go to the track or something. But I was going to ask you about my ability to listen a little bit. This thing I've trained. Have you ever noticed my ability to quote movies pretty much verbatim and, you know, quote jokes verbatim and, you know... I just think that you, you've you um, got greater emphasis on your your uh, audio cortex, right? So you, you use that sense maybe a little more. Um, most people rely on sight a little bit, but you're saying that, you know, well, or, or maybe you just place more of your attention on what you hear and on what you're saying um, on the auditory rather than the visual. Because, um, you know, what you remember is also based on your attention. And if you don't like something, you're just kind of glancing at it. And you see the words. And I know a lot of people that read that way. Um, and, and then those are also the people that tell me I read slowly. Um, but when I read, every word is said in my mind. I, like I, I can't really read much quicker because I, I sub-vocalize every word, right? Um, oh no, I've seen that before. Like I don't know, these are people I consider to be smart, and they, you know, but they, I can hear them even reading out loud to themselves sometimes. Like where like, I'm like, that's know, what I'm saying. Like, but, like which, they which, can't which, sub, like they can't sub-vocalize. Like they can't do that internally, right? Like they can only look at the words. Like th- that that right there blows my mind. Like you can't you can't do that in your head. Like, I do that all fucking day long. Like, that's all that's going on in my head. Conversations, well, so back and forth like that. Think of the way that my conversations really, like, with you just go to a place. Imagine I stare at a book and I just see words. I'm just going to, I just, you know, because I used to pride myself in trying to read fast, but we said a little bit different for focus. But where I think I gain this acquire is I think it kind of involves, we'll just call, you know how working your core and working your core muscles will help you be able to use your other muscles better. You're building one month to the other, mm-hmm. and then you finally have this other. Like now, you have great upper body strength because you built great core strength. I believe that with the de- with you know with the deaf classmates, we used to do everything with closed captions, and I started loving the idea of okay, can I read these fast enough to actually be able to know what the words are in there, and by listening to them. So I used to be able to, with especially with Seinfeld episodes, because I watched so much Seinfeld and all these movies and anything I watched, I watched with closed captions. And then, okay, well, I trained myself to do that as much as now I want to be able to know those exactly. But now, because I feel like I built up that skill of reading them out there, then I got to the part of actually hearing them and then being able to read them back, not from inside myself, but back or to other people. I can 
definitely hear them very well as far as I can definitely hear jokes being said in my head by certain people or the tones of laughter from the crowd of them even but sometimes it's going okay I can also tell that right back to you the exact cadence of like I can actually, you know, like, tell it, like, verbatim if you actually gave me certain, like, you know, hey, I have to say in this timeline, I'd hit the same beats as them. I would say that I do the same thing. It's in music most often where you can find it. Um, whether people know it or not, there's a very specific sect of uh, rap music that I extremely enjoy. And um, I can hit the cadence and the verbiage for most of the songs that I enjoy um, to the point where I'll get a phone call and it will interrupt the song and I'll have to decline the call, but I never stopped going and the song never stopped playing. And it's, you know, we're exactly in sync when it comes back on. Um, where I think that comes from is, I, I think you're right, but I think what happens might be a little different than you expect. Um, I think it's because your attention is, is placed on the words. That's true, but now when you hear the words, there's no confusion about what they are. There's, there's, you've already had time to process the context, right? Like all that is done instantaneously because it's done by your subconscious. You don't think about any of that, right? You have a chance to pay attention to the emotion of what's being said because you already know the words, right? But you can look at all the sub, sub, uh, yeah, all the, the, the subtext of what they're saying, basically, right? Um, that's around it because you already know it and you don't have to question it and you're not listening to hear the content because you already got that. So you get to pay attention to the other 93% that are actually important. And that's what helps you keep it as a, a memory, right? To where you can recall it and um, enact it uh, better than usual. Right, because like the songs, most of the time I get intrigued by the lyrics. That's why I like the songs. So I look them up. So I know the lyrics, and I listen to the song while I'm reading the lyrics. Oh, same type of thing. That was like a right? point of pride back in the day. I'm not sure how I was in Florida, but knowing actually how to do all the re the lyrics of a song when you could actually sing along to a song, mm -hmm. a rap song especially, and not mess up the words. Mm -hmm. That's like. But a, you have to know the right words. Right, I'm saying you have to know the right. What are you saying? When you could actually sing it clean, like yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I wanted to ask you one thing that you kind of part, sparked over that, as you mentioned about, you'll know about the point of the song. Did you ever, has anybody ever say have this ability to do this, where if, say, you had a song playing out in your, in your living room right here, mm -hmm. you would walk outside, and you'd want to get back to a certain point of that song, and be like, okay, the start of the song, whatever, like, oh, I gotta go grab the door real quickly, but I know exactly how long I have to get back to get to hear the part of the song I want. Like, basically, do you ever work in a restaurant? in a kitchen where yeah. you hear a song playing and you go, oh, I've got this task to do, but I'm about to hear my favorite parts. Okay, I did you ever, would you ever subconsciously know, like, I have to, like, get back, I do this this fast, and get back to the part I wanted before, you know, like. Well, I actually, I solved that problem in the restaurant by kind of creating my own position, right? So they had all these bussers and everybody's running around doing all these different things. And I was really lazy and the servers were supposed to, like, get everything ready so the bussers could just do their job, but they're really fucking lazy. 
So I just sat in this one spot and did everything that the servers neglected to do all night, which ultimately caused us to have a problem doing our job because we didn't have what we needed and then they yelled at us and you know gave us less money. So it solved a lot of problems that way too, but I would just sit there and I got to listen to music all night. I didn't have to listen to my, miss my favorite parts. Mm-hmm. Nope. Cool. And then what I would do is the way that they divvied up the tips was based on the hours you worked, right? So the tips go into a pool and then you get a percentage based on your hours worked as a percentage. So so everybody's tired because they've been hustling, you know, picking plates up all night long. I've been sitting there polishing silverware and shit, and uh, they're tired, ready to go home. I'm like, you guys go. I'll close. Don't worry about it. Go ahead. Go home. So I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to highlight your, your cases here today that you have uh, tried to make me angry on a day that I went to a mental health evaluation. Yes. You admitted to never paying a medical bill, and you yes. basically just described how you just managed to... <laughs> Everybody loved it. I made everybody's life easier. Well, I benefited from it by being lazy, um, but everybody benefited. No, I guess in this Jobs is, got done. People made more money. That's the whole thing that's good. And that's actually something I told to the, uh, we'll just say, the bigger person that I work with that I was not very fond of for a while, who I've since been fond with. I oh, was. Go- oh, you meant bigger like that. Yes, 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 yes. No, yeah, like, um, I mean, you know. EA, you know, we'll just say, mm-hmm. you know, I where I was, I was going through my, my little, my little moments and how my rant and I basically said, listen, he's like, you know, cause he always mentioned, he's like, I, I, I always, you know, even when you, I, I just never know, like I do have interests and concerns, but like, I've just kind of more or less been under the idea of I shouldn't reach out to you directly because I don't know how you'll react based on our past relationship. I was like, listen, I'll just nail the past relationship down rather than going to the, we're not going to talk about that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll just go into the drawn thing. I'm going, there's a statement I've made all the time to my customers, you probably heard me say I work with you going, I was always told I profile for sales and I was going, well, that's a great way of telling me I'm a scumbag. And then I basically said, I'm like, and then I never wanted to become a salesperson because I hate salespeople. And I had to tell them going, you know, I probably hated you and the deepest thing going down is that you're a really, really great salesperson. And I just didn't want to believe that you were actually that great of a real, you know, I, I hate seeing it because I get you to buy stuff people that, that people don't need, but they really walk away believing that they need it. They actually have that moment of things. And I'm going, sometimes, you know, it's not our fault when somebody can be so, you know, when you give somebody a good idea and they say it's a yes. And to an extent, I can even, you know, stump that with my relationship. You know, hey, like I, I you know, well, it's a D act. That's what a breakup is, it's a D act. You know, it's like, I thought I wanted this. I thought I wanted this. And, uh, I thought I was gonna hold on to this thing forever, and guess what? I'm just gonna pay the early termination fee. <laughs> like, is that a good way of assessing? Because today sucked having to deal with the stuff that we. And I mean, I didn't mean it sucked because of like you know like I had to do this. It's like it sucked because I had to make somebody. I had to make somebody that I never really wanted to feel bad, feel bad, but I had to do it good. for me to. But I wanted to do it for me to feel good. But I, it made me feel bad that I had to do that to make me feel good. But ultimately. It's kind of like, you know, as I kind of looked at it, as I, I had to look out for numero uno sometimes, which is terrible, the idea of that if something is eating me alive, then I would prefer if I could punch somebody in the guts to make it go away. The question is, what does taking care of numero uno mean? I mean, like, That's if a something, very vague statement. If something, if there's something on your mind, okay, so going back to my whole thing, my biggest thing we talked earlier is that I don't have the ability to not discuss what is on my mind. 
So Clearly. if something is on my mind and it's something that that other person does not want to hear, how many times do I tell the inappropriate joke I know is going to offend somebody? Because it's like, well, if it's the jo best joke to be here, well, this one was not in a joking context. This was a serious context. And if it's something that is affecting my ability to feel good about myself because it's like, oh my God, like there, I can, I'm someone who has been hurt you know, in the regards of that, while there was something else going on, like, you know, that there was, you know, like, it organically happened. It wasn't like somebody forced or initiated things. It just kind of just happens out of nowhere. But like, okay, like there's nothing worse for at least, okay, finding out like if, you know, like you break up, like when yours is a different scenario, but when your boyfriend, you know, if a boyfriend and a girlfriend break up and the, somebody's dating somebody instantaneously afterwards, you were always wondering, well, how long was this going on without my knowledge? That's what happened to me when my one girlfriend who just texts me in the middle of the night say, I'm a horrible person, I can't do this anymore. And I start going, well, then she says, well, I'm thinking about getting back with my ex-boyfriend. And I was going, you're not thinking about it, you are back with him, right? And like, yes. And it's like, okay, well, now I have to wonder how, how long everything goes up with that. Hmm. One thing I will say is that, you know, again, with me My being, question is, what does it matter at that point? It's just that one of those of that, it's like, it's different with this one where it was like, I remember being something when I was very active about when we had Casey on here and I was like, hey, like, you know, like, I, like, this is something I really never communicated with her and I'm, I'm not sure if she's going to listen to this or not to hear this, so I feel bad if she hears it this way, but it's not really anything bad, it's just that I'm talking about it without, but when I asked Casey, when I, when Casey ended up being on our show and it was originally, I canceled her from being on there and then on the way here, Casey ends up getting involved. I did figure, hey, it would probably be nice to say, hey, listen, not only is this person that's not you on our show that happens to be a female, but, oh, yes, by the way, she is also going to be sleeping at my apartment because we have a spare bedroom, but, you know, you have, you know, like, it's a good thing you've been there that you can believe that I have a spare room in a place that I'm renting a room, essentially, right now, but, you know, that whole thing where it's like, I told you that, and I mean, at the time, she's like, why would you ever, you, you know, she, you don't have to tell me these things, and it's like, well, I think I do because if it somehow just organically was discovered that, oh yeah, I had a girl on my podcast and then she went back to my place, that would probably, if, you, if I hadn't, wasn't open and transparent about that, it probably would bother you. If I do have the idea that, again, I'm not really... I was, but the point that she was making is that you did not have to tell her because there's the potential that she would never know and there's the potential that you could just act like it's a normal night. So why would she create a stink in a situation like that? Well, because I just kind of like, you know, the idea of I was, I'm, I'm just openly, and this is my, one of my biggest flaws with everything is that why do I, ha I mean, I, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing I have to do that I, I always say what's on my mind. But I like to say what's on my mind now. I don't like to type what's on my mind. I like to say what's on my mind now. Um, and some people, most people are saying, why do you always have to tell everybody that? Like, you know, like if you, you could just say nothing and nobody would know. And I'm like, that's not how I do, that's just not me. Like, you know, if kind of, when you worked with me, if I walked into work and I just sat in the corner and didn't talk to anybody, you'd probably go, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Why is he not, you know? I did that shit. Well, no, when you do it, it makes, it made sense. That's consistent with James's personality. More or less, you know, you, let's just say, I mean, you're, again, a, 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 I love you as a person. I hated you as a coworker sometimes. <laughs> you know, that's like, fine. I mean, even on this podcast, I love you as a person. I hate you as my co-host sometimes, like when you're yelling at me to get angry. But That's it's also no, I'm just. That's um, my job. <laughs> I mean, to an extent, I don't have to even say. But um, 
yeah, I just kind of, um, especially right now where, again, where I, I feel like letting people know keeps me in check a little bit more because if people didn't know and I was kind of like, you know, if somebody, you know that whole thing where if you caught up to somebody made the wrong joke on the wrong day, you know. Yeah, but there's something to be said about the fact that the child that you watch never grows. Well, right, and so there's something to be said about the fact that if you want to change, get out of their fucking sight, so that change and their expectations and anticipations are off of you and not affecting your judgment and your actions and your outcomes. Right? There's a huge benefit to leaving your hometown. You know that. I moved from Florida to here. Part of the reason I did that is because I had just had my first son. I knew what kind of person I was in Florida. I was trying to start over, and I have given up. Nope. No, I haven't. I just made it work. Um, but I wouldn't have been able to do that with my friends back home. I made, yeah, but regardless, um, you know, there's a huge part about the expectations uh, and anticipations of the people that you've known your entire life or for the way you've been for a long period when you want to be different. Um, how when you see them every day, it, it kind of imposes those actions onto you. It, it's a really weird thing. Baby mama moving out of the house and all the things that she thinks are so horrible about me, they just went away, right? Now that she's gone, I don't do those things that she would get pissed off about that, you know, I don't know, it's weird. Um, it's easy to be different when you don't have expectations on you. So um, take a month hiatus and go disappear for a little while. Oh, that's what I would really love to do. I mean, that was like the thing of like, you know, like I... I mean, I made the joke and go thing is that, but like when I was in Lake Placid, I was just like, I just kind of want to stay here. Maybe I'll just sleep on the streets and figure it out for yeah. know, a couple of days. Like, do it. Well, so that was one that we were actually talking about today. Um, it just randomly came up when I was in a social setting today. Is we were talking about uh, when you see like homes. I was talking about where I live in Rochester and stuff like that. And I was saying pretty much where wherever we go off the exit because. Based on some of the stuff that happened there, it's just like, again, it's like, hey, this stuff's just kind of happening close to home now, where it's like, okay, that was, I don't go down the block that, 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 that the big shooting happened, but I drive past that block that happened mm. recently. Where was that? Uh, Pennsylvania. I don't know. And so, so it's, it's, it's like, it's on my way to where I have to go to get out of where I live, kind of thing like that. And it's down a side street, but I just drive straight through the main street in that particular part of town because that's the part of town where I got a bottle rocket shot in my car once upon a time. So I definitely just kind of, you know, just take it a little easy. Uh, I didn't have to bad experience, but we were talking about how when I get off that throughway thing there, or when I get off the exit there, it always sad, but I always see, you know, homeless, you know, there's always a homeless person standing on certain intersections of Rochester, but it's like, you know, there's the, 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 there is the whole mm. thing of that, like, I would, I'm all about don't giving food. Can I interrupt you for just a moment for yes. some interesting information? I'm not going to give a name away, so you're going to have to decode this one. So we were talking, we we're just going to finish this up here in this final segment of this final episode of season two of the Shot of Logic podcast. But yes, James, so the comment came up to people, and this is just the way, a different way of looking at the question of that. I was talking about the homeless people thing. and. I was like, look, I, I, I have no problem giving food. So I'm gonna ask for food, I'll give them food. Uh, money, I, you know, I kind of, because it's never enough to do much difference, you know, but food is something that they do need. And someone's talking about how, and I hate saying they, like, you know, but let's, you know it's, a, it's a group, but um, the people I was talking with had said, you know, I hate when people say, oh, why doesn't that person just get a job? 
And like, you know, they start talking about, like, how's that person going to get, you know, get calls to find out they have their job? How do they get the mail? They get the applicant, you know, all these you know, things of, you know, how are they going to shower for their first day of work? Like, how are they going to, yes, when they get the money and they start working, they'll be able to start making these things. But if you're effectively just on the streets, well, it's probably going to take a little while to get some paychecks to really get things rolling, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, okay, and I do totally understand that. That is a horribly unfair thing. I mean, like, there is something to be done about that one. But here's one I always ask of, and this is one I steal from American Psycho kind of thing, of that when he does kill the homeless person in that movie, he goes, what happened? You, well, he says, why, you know, why are you doing it here? Like, and the guy says, I lost my job. And he says, why did you lose your job? And I painted a scenario of going, I'm going, okay, so let's just say that, you know, as a younger person, as a younger girl, I said, say the guy that you go, you know, what's happening you know, you're asking why he didn't get a job I go well what did he ever have a job because what if that guy that's sitting there is somebody that sexually harassed a female co-worker or had an allegation against them and then had a wife and a family and the wife threw him out and he fucking had nothing on his ass like, you know like, are you going to feel as bad about that person because that's usually the person that you completely vilify you know you say those people should be locked behind bars if you know some, you know, some of those regards like well that's you know kind of or just something that was a cheater or something like that you know anything like you know bad things can happen in those regards but like I mean I do get like it does it is hard once you go to that level of you're down to that point how do you get built back up but sometimes it's kind of did you come from there or did you work yourself to there you know like there is the sad thing of that the mental health thing is that people become incapable of taking care of themselves but there's other thing of that probably when you end up to the point where you actually are homeless, you actually are probably crazy. And, you know, it's kind of fitting that, okay, when I joked around about last week of that, hey, I would just, maybe I should just sleep on the sleeves of Lake Placid and figure it out. And then it's going, oh, and then, you know, a week later or two weeks later, I'm going, oh, okay, I need a mental health check. You know, like if I had done that, you know, and suffered through these things and in those moments, yeah, that probably would have not gone well for me. You know, but it was kind of, well, like I, don't I told think, you. I, I think that being homeless can make you crazy. I don't think that you are always... You can definitely become crazy because you're homeless. You aren't necessarily homeless because you, were, you are... I've always been crazy. I think that if you go into that type of isolation intentionally and willingly, um, it's beneficial. I think going into it under resistance and stress is the worst thing that a human being can go through. Um, I do think that being in that position, I cannot imagine a way out of it, though I know that some of the people that have generated the types of lives and impacts for the people around them that I would like to impact while achieving a great life for themselves at that um, have been to that position. None of us, you know, if we survived to adulthood, probably came from that position, right? Um, But we can most certainly start to make choices to put ourselves there pretty quickly. Um, But, yeah, you know, I I think everybody just suffer the consequences of your own actions and deal with it. Stop looking for somebody else to make it better for us. No, I mean, I just kind of say that, like, I mean, this is something I'd ask. If you, I mean, actually, you probably, I'm sure you probably have it. I have had occasions where I've had nights where I did not have a place to sleep. Did I was I, homeless for three months. Oh, so, oh you were really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I never felt that way. Well, it, was prob- it was probably the greatest three months of my life. I absolutely well, loved it. Well, it was experience. in Florida probably, right? So, uh, long story short, um, I followed a girl to college. Um, I think I've told you about her before. Um, 
Long story short, I was a piece of shit, slept with one of her sorority sisters, uh, no more girlfriend, you know, um, no more college. Um, so moved back home, ruined my credit by breaking the lease, went back home, had nowhere to go, had no money because I just gave up on the job that I had, had no job lined up, was too proud to ask for my old job back right away. Um, actually, I never did, never did. Hmm, interesting. Um, that was probably for the best, though. Um, huh. I think I ended up valeting cars. Speaking of, speaking of interesting, you just turned into me there and just kind of just glossed over some that sound pretty interesting. But uh, I told you, I have entire conversations in my head, bro. Um, well, you have to. You live alone half the time now. That's how it's... Well, I'm never alone, though. Well, I mean, yeah, but I'm always excited. That's why I'm always excited to talk to people. But anyways, go back on with that one so you didn't, get, you didn't go back for the job. You well, see. that's why I say. If you go so, into isolation willingly and you get to know yourself, it's, it's a pretty cool so thing. So where, again, well, I mean, so again, where... Was this? Oh yeah. So I got home back to Florida and um, initially had no job, had nowhere to stay, and bounced around from couch to couch for three months until, you know, basically all my friends were like, "Dude, we can keep hanging out, but I can't let you sleep on my couch anymore." Well, so that's the whole thing of I mean, like you know, like again, like where I've never been so like I've had the things where I end up in the pinch of hey, like you know, the other nights, you know, I I was kind of in the whole thing of that. This is the thing that happened like the one night. Is that yes? I ended up having way too much to drink, and I realized, oh, I did not park my car in a place that it's going to be okay. And I see a police officer out front, and I was literally just like, hey, listen, man, is there any way possible? Because there's no way I can move this car right now without doing a, making a serious, serious mistake. I'm like, and I'm having a bit of a rough night. I explained exactly what's going on, and I was like, is there any way that you could find it in this heart, in your heart, to uh, you know, to to not move this car? Or to not tow this car, or to not ticket it. I mean, I'll pay the ticket if I did. I left it there. But I'm just saying, I'm just trying to avoid. And I'll give you the keys so you can move it if you want. I was like, you know, just all of those things. I'm like, I don't really want to ask somebody if they're, you know, I don't want to ask somebody to move my car because I'm pretty sure that everybody here has had a few drinks. And, you know, I don't want to anyway put that burden there. He's going, I will make an exception. We'll put that in that that car is to be, you know, we'll be fine for the night. And I was like, I'll be back here tomorrow. You know, I'm, I'm literally, I'm going to be sleeping upstairs from, so that was the other thing is that I realized I have, I can't have it, I can't get picked up. I was about to do, if I had to, I was going to buy an expensive Uber, but I really didn't want to. But I was like, okay, I have to figure this one out. But like, okay, I have a bunch of people that, you know, people that have no problem if you have to crash, but if it doesn't inconvenience their life, you know, and it was like, hey, like, you know, I have people that, yeah, you know, if I have to, but you know, like, you know, like, you know, if you really have to, yes, I do have a place you can sleep. But you know, like, you know, they would, they would explain, understand what they have going on. I do have to be up. I do have this. You know, I do have that going on. So, you know, if you could find somewhere else, that'd be great. But if not, you can come near here. Like I was, I was like, okay. And then of course, you know, Tommy's basically got a room made up for me now because, you know, it's just it's just there because with our plans for this project, you know, he does kind of, okay, like, he, he literally said, because he's planning on getting his bed made, and me and Tommy speaking a lot. You and Tommy me. should make a podcast and call it Timon and Pumbaa. Mm, that is actually a good idea, because me and Tommy have some great talks, because Tommy, Tommy is the guy from the old school, and, you know, I was bringing up some things, I was talking about Jerky Boys with him, and I was like, he's like, yeah, he's like, right now, he's like, I'm going to be, you know, you love his Italian accent, he's like, I'm going to be getting this bed, you know, I'm going to get, you know, some nicer stuff there, so it's much better set up for you and I'm going Tommy I'm like I slept on your couch last time he was like well I was about to talk with you about that he was like if you're going to be my freaking my best horse in the stable he was like why wouldn't I take care of you and I was like okay or if he's like if you're my prize horse in the stable why would I not take care of you and I was like 
okay, that's interesting. And I was like, and this is one good thing of that, you know, I do need to take a little break from everything with that with Tommy. I mean, I kind of said, remember I mentioned I could, I don't really feel home at much, you know, type thing. I lived, I, I've hung out in that apartment of Tommy's with so many people that I've been in that room. And I mean, yes, you know, maybe not all the activities that took place in there were the greatest people that went, when I went, went in the years of the prior tenants or whatever like that when I was in there. But um, I, you know, did realize when he said, he's going, hey man, you know, make yourself a homie, you know, and he's like, you know, grab whatever, whatever you want here. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's really the first time I've actually genuinely believed somebody that just said, yeah, and like, I made this analogy, I made this joke to a coworker, and I was like, you know, for example, I had you at your house, or whatever like that, I was at your apartment, or like that, we, you know, you were very hospitable, but it wasn't like I'd be like, hey, I'm gonna call this person over here, or hey, can my girlfriend, or like, can this girl come over, or hey man, dude, we're watching this movie and that girl was really hot, can I go to the bathroom and crank one out real quickly? I think that they don't really say that, you know, but like, I feel like that, you know, like, like, I don't know what kind of friendships you want, but I'm not down for that shit. No, I don't want you to be down with that either. But that's something you can do at home. Oh, what the fuck? That's something you could do at home, not with roommates, not when they're home. I mean, well, no, I mean, like, the, I know that's saying. Well, I mean, I guess you could. You can be quiet. No, because if us, I mean, like you know, it's something. You, I'm not, it, it's it's meant for comedic effect. I was just joking around with that. <laughs> I'm one. sure you were. That one I was a little more, but hey, you know, like certain things of like you know, when it's like somebody's like, hey, like you know, you can have whatever. You know, it's just kind of like, hey, take your shoes. Like if you have to ask to take your shoes off, you know, type of things that were. When somebody says, hey, don't worry about, it, sit down. Or it's like, okay, like I just randomly come over to take a shower, and you've got towel out for me and stuff like that, and like you know, I'm just kind of like. Hey, take your time. Like, you know, there's coffee, there's this, there's that, there's whatever. I'm just like, I just really just need to rinse off real quickly. That's all I really needed. But I do feel like that, like, again, like, where I do have, you know, like, I, like when, when somebody of his You're integrity... You're going to make him proud. When somebody of that integrity, yes, I do have to do that. That's part of me getting myself right so I can get... All of our things are getting it right. Like I said, he said he was going to be doing this for 80 hours, but 80 hours does not mean, you know, or not, he said he was going to do it for two weeks, but he's not mean two weeks is that, hey, in the middle of October, I'm going to be where he wants me to be. It means when he puts 80 hours of time in. But that also involves me putting in the time because I have to give him work to do, essentially. But he's going to be giving me work to do, and then that's going to give him work to do. Okay. Whereas, hey, like, I need these type of types of things and stuff like that. But my biggest one is like, you know, getting my res you know, my references, which I did secure some good references as far as I feel like and then it's like, okay, I get those. Well then he guess what? He's actually gonna call those references. He wants to actually talk to them, you know, to find more. Um, and that's where I'm kind of excited on this one is that I do believe and that is a great idea. I do believe we need to have I had Tommy on video audio, but I feel like that me and Tommy's conversations because again, I like listening to him. If anything, I mean hey and I hate to use the analogy because you used all the Hitler references on the show. I don't want people to think that we're Nazis or something, but like, hey, fucking people are good public speakers that fucking, you know, can really get you motivated to do a lot of stuff. And in this case is that it's his belief in me and that, you know, like, you know, he, he talks it, but when he speaks with the confidence of the things that he believes that are going to make this whole thing work, I'm going, you're not really, like, you're getting paid to sell me, so you selling me on this, I just have to do a little bit of extra stuff. But if you're doing this with your idea, they're going, I think if I make this work for this guy, this guy can then also make this work. You know, if I use this as my example, hey, I used to do this, which he talks about when he did it all the time back in the early 2000s before, Y2, or before Y2K, because that was where he really did this the last time, when there was a whole process of that, is that 
he can then go, hey, this is my most recent success story. This guy came to me and then, hey, this is here. Do you want to, do you want to talk to him and verify this? And if I am with that you know, better position of doing more of what I want to do, getting more of what I want, and I can actually go, yeah, I mean, this was me before, this was me now. Like, I think that, you know, that's a great thing. That's something that, you know, current employer does for us is that, hey, we do turn a lot of lives around like that. But then ultimately, as somebody who, you know, did get some benefits of working where I worked, is you're going forward. But we'll hopefully start off that one again. This is going to be our last episode for a little bit. Um, I want everyone to know that I am doing okay and I am feeling much better. I definitely, you know, I'm going to go home and get a nice relaxing night of sleep because I drank a bunch of water and probably going to wake up pissing all night because, you know, I'm an old man now. So, <laughs> so what we call what just happened here throughout this episode, whether Ryan knows it or not, is called taking his vibration and moving it across the spectrum back and forth a couple times. And it was a lot of fun.